0: Thank you, Thomas. I found myself very emotional (laughs) Uh, with that. Before uh, we have Scripture reading getting the message, I want to take just a moment. As we mourn for uh, Lisa and for Jerry, Samantha, and that family that we all love so deeply, as I'm sure there is a little ache at the death of her father, we love them, and, and just want to take a moment, just to just to say we want to share with you. The word compassion means to suffer with, and that's part of the church family. This week, we want to share with them. And uh, Cindy and I wanted to see them uh, yesterday. We actually walked into the ICU, and he had just died. He had just died. You know, just hug them. And you just feel so. What can I say? And, and so, anyway, uh, praise be to our God that you know that ache in Jesus Christ will not last forever. One day we will see them again. Amen. So our uh, text uh, is in Second Timothy, chapter two, verses one through ten as we're continuing a series on an awakened church. The scripture says in Ephesians five, he says, Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. God wants us to be awake in him as his people. And and this morning we want to look at some distinctives found in Second Timothy chapter two of a church that's alive. And uh, so I'm asking you uh find that to stand in God's honor. As I read aloud those first ten verses. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will be qualified to teach others, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying. For the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Let's pray. Father, as we approach you, thank you that you always provide hope. Father, just give Lisa and Jerry and Samantha and the rest of that family a big hug, Lord. Just remind them that You love them, Father, completely. And Father, just, uh, just, Lord, just love them. Father, we need to hear from You this morning. Father, we want to be what You want us to be, Lord. We know that there's a big blessing that awaits us, Father. When we just listen, and when we be who you want us to be, Lord. And I pray as we look at your word, that you will reveal to us your heart, God. We need you, Lord, so just speak. In your name we pray, amen. A few years ago, there was a study that was done in Washington, D.C., in the area where you get on the subway, and I mean... (laughs) many, many people go by. And and what they wanted to do, they wanted to see how the setting of a place affects our response. And and so I just want to read from this article. It says, A man sat at a metro metro station in Washington, D.C. He started to play the violin. It was a cold January morning. He played six Bach pieces for about 45 minutes. During that time, since it was rush hour... It was calculated thousands of people went through the station, most of them on their way to work. Three minutes went by, and a middle-aged man noticed there was a musician playing. He slowed his pace, stopped for a few seconds, and then hurried to meet his schedule. A minute later, the violinist received his first dollar tip. A woman, threw the money in the till, without stopping, continued to walk. A few minutes later, someone leaned against the wall to listen, But the man looked at his watch and started to walk again. Clearly, he was late for work. The one who paid the most attention was a three-year-old boy. His mother tagged him along, hurried, but the kid stopped to look at the violinist. Finally, the mother pushed hard, and the child continued to walk, turning his head all the time. (laughs) This action was repeated by several other children. All the parents, without exception, forced them to move on. In the 45 minutes, the musician played... Only six people stopped and stayed for a while. About 20 gave him money, but continued to walk their normal pace. He collected $32. When he finished playing and silence took over, no one noticed. No one applauded. No recognition. No one knew this, but the violinist was Joshua Bell, one of the best musicians in the world. And he played one of the most intricate pieces ever written, with a violin worth $3.5 million. Two days before his playing in the subway, Joshua sold out a theater in Boston with the seats averaging $100 apiece. Wonderful music played on one of the finest instruments by a great musician, but nobody noticed the music. What was the difference? It was the setting. It was the rush of, of the subway. And... The question comes to us: What is the setting of a church that makes a church's a church infectious, contagious, alive, exciting, um, a place where there's energy? What what is the key? It, um, maybe it's a personality. You know, maybe. It's, it's the preacher, you know, that person that's the leader. And, and people say, man, he's got so much charisma. And that, let's follow him. Maybe it's a program. Man, if we just pick that specific program, then God is going to work and, and he's going to bless. And, and, and there's going to be all these people and all this excitement and, and, and all this power. I dare say it's not a personality, it's not a program. What I want to talk about this morning, as we look at this text, is it's the people. It's, it's all of you And me. Together. But it's not just the people. It's the people with a passion. Who have discovered something that matters. Who have discovered something that counts. And, and I want to look at some distinctives here in this text of Scripture. Now, this text of Scripture in 2 Timothy 2, Paul was in a dungeon. It was not a place of comfort. It was certainly you know, not a place anyone would want to be. As a matter of fact, as I read about this dungeon, it said that there was this big hole in the ground. All the way you could enter is through a ladder or be dropped down by a rope. And Paul was more than likely laying on a stone slab I mean, his body was battered. He was an older man at this time. Uh, There was certainly nothing, when you look at him, that said, here is a guy of strength and power and prominence. I mean, you had Nero who was dressed in his fancy robes and and he had all this power and he, he was surrounded by all these great people. And then you had this little broken man who was in a hole in the ground in this terrible dungeon who was suffering. Uh, you know, a place of poor sanitation and, and just a terrible place to be, and, and yet years later, you got people who named their dogs Nero and their kids Paul. This man had an influence. This man had a power. This man made a difference. And, and we're going to look at at that excitement that was in Paul's life that should be among his people. And, and as we look at these characteristics, the first one I want to talk about: look in the first verse. He says, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. There's a section of of Scripture where Paul describes himself as an apostle of grace. And, And let me tell you guys, the older I get, the more I want to be marked as a person of grace. Someone has said that grace stands for God's riches at Christ's expense. And that was beautiful, what Tom was saying. I appreciate that so much as he talked about us receiving his reward, a portion of his reward, that his love bestowed on us. And, we, you know, you can't figure that out. It's so awesome, so great. And, and I want us to be known as a people in a church of grace. Be strong in grace. Man, there's so many churches that are strong in a list of rules. There's so many churches that are known for what they're against instead of what they're for. Now and who they're for. Now let me tell you, it's it's not that I don't think it's important to preach when the scripture deals with sin because sin is horrible. Why is sin horrible? Because sin destroys people, breaks people, crushes people. You know, John ten ten he said the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what happens with sin: kills, steal, and destroy. But I've come that they might have life. Life to the full. Life abundantly. Grace. That they may experience that. Um, It breaks my heart as I I meet broken people all the time that have been associated with churches that that, that's what they're known for. I'm against this and I'm against that. You know, here's the problem with that kind of stuff. Eventually, I'm not going to measure up eventually, I'm going to be the one who gets the rock thrown at me. Because we all we need grace. We all don't measure up. Matter of fact, uh, Cindy was telling me about a young couple uh, that went to a church. And either they had just gotten a tattoo or they were about to get a tattoo, but the whole sermon was on the evils of tattoos. And I'm, you know, I certainly don't see a tattoo as a sin. But it breaks my heart, guys. Um, there is a time to address sin because it's deadly. But more than anything, people need to know that there's a Savior. I think most of us understand we're screwed up and that we're messed up. And and not that we don't need to to, to look at that in honesty in the Scriptures. But man, we need grace. We, we need to be touched by, by God's grace. But we're desperate for that. And uh, Charles Spurgeon years ago, uh, of course a preacher that all us preachers love the quake because uh, he was used mildly. But uh, here's what he had to say about the preacher who was without grace. <laughs> a graceless pastor is a blind man elected to a professorship of optics, philosophizing upon light and vision, discoursing upon and distinguishing to others the nice shades and delicate blendings of the prismatic colors while he himself is absolutely in the dark. He is a speechless man elected to the chair of music. He is a deaf man affluent on symphonies and harmonies. He is a mole professing to educate eaglets. <laughs> may, may, may God save me from that. I want you to know about the Savior. I want you to know about the grace that's available. I, I'm not saying we don't deal with those issues, but we always run to the cross! always run to the cross because well, that's where it is guys <laughs> i love steve brown's comments uh, if you heard steve brown he's quite a character here's what he had to say on, on legalism he he said some people say legalistic churches are a lot like grace churches <laughs> they're no more alike than saying a taxidermist is like a veterinarian either way you get your dog back one collects dust and never moves and the other wags his tail and licks your face Man, let's be veterinarians, not taxidermists. Let's not be where our favorite song is the way we were. Hey, my, hey my, I, I, I love traditions that, that, that are rooted in, in, in meaning. And, and I love to hear about how God used people who, who are now in glory and, and were a part of our background and a part of our heritage and a part of our church. But let's not live there. May it remind us of who we need to be and where we need to go as we look back. Not just say, oh, I wish we were back there. Oh, man, we have so much to look forward to because of grace! Because of grace. Uh, Second one here. We need to mentor the young. Look in verse 2. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Like I said, here was this older man whose body was broken, been through a lot of suffering. In many ways, he could go unnoticed. But there was a power in his life. But it was a power that he wanted to pass on. He wanted young Timothy to be the recipient of. He wanted the gospel to go forward through Timothy's life. He was was blessed to have God use him, but he he wanted, the, he wanted the gospel to go on past him. He wanted to pass the baton to Timothy. And hey, that's what he wants to happen in the church. It's more than just a lesson that's taught, guys. It's a It's shared. Hey, that's what church is really about. It's, it's not about God's people coming and sit together for a sermon. It's about standing together. For a life in Jesus Christ, hey, and and to pass that on, um. One of the deacons was telling us, oh, this is great." telling us about one of the Sunday school teachers, and uh, it was working uh, with some uh, his class, uh, and he had them write uh, class members write some notes uh, to the teacher, and uh, he, he works with a. Uh, some of the uh, young people and uh, in the note it said uh, thank you, some of the notes were like thank you for buying us McDonald's hamburgers and stuff but then there was also hey, thank you for showing me Jesus man, thank God. hey, hey that's what we're to be about we're, we're to be a people that connect to each other through Jesus Christ and we need to pass that on hey you about come here and 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 you know, I, I feel like God called me to fill the pulpit, not fill the pew. I tell you when the when the pew gets filled, it's when we get filled with God. And, and we and we share it with one another. Hey, think about those people that influenced you. I think back as God was getting a hold of my heart there was a, a youth minister in my life named Jerry Hyder. Not like here, it's H Y D E R instead of H A Y T E R. But anyway. Jerry, just a great guy. We called him Jerry Bear. Matter of fact, he's on staff at the in Sevierville at a church, Baptist church now. Uh, but Jerry, he got a hold of me, and we started memorizing scripture together. And he just impacted my life, guys. And then there was another youth, Brian Proctor. Brian ended up we memorized scripture together. He and his wife Kathy, and I had a crush on Kathy. Dog, oh, he married her, you know. Through there, and of course, I'm not complaining. I got it. I'm happy. But anyway, the point is, God started working on on Brian and Kathy. They went they're missionaries in Korea for over 20 years. Uh, God worked on me, and and, and and you know, said you need you need to be faithful here. Well, what happened? People invested in me and, and got a hold of my heart, and, and and I want to invest in other people, and that's what happened. See. Pass that baton, move it on, and, and 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 mentor each other. Mentor the young. It's more than just a lesson learned. It's a life shared. That's 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 what that's what happens. That that's got it. Work. You know, they do this in the medical profession. You know, they, they send a guy off on an internship, and he studies under these different specialists to get a taste of the different areas of, of medicine, and, and, and therefore the you know the doctor has to be trained. <laughs> Uh, he has to learn. And it, it's a life lesson that's impacted as He's on the job. And hey, that's that's the way we're to be. God is to work in you and, and in me. And we're to share that and pass it on. That's when the church becomes alive. Not not just when we sit together to hear a sermon, but when we stand together to live for Jesus. Man, it's exciting stuff that, that God does. Uh, third... When tested, the body pulls closer together. Look at verse 3. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. In the original language, the word with actually starts. In other words, with us endure. Hey, the, the picture here is we're in this thing together. What happens in a church that's alive and enthusiastic? People care about each other. It becomes more than just simply entering a building and sitting together. Lives come together. And when and one hurts, the others hurt. Just as I looked out, as I, as I, I mentioned our, our, you know, our, our dear friends and, and family, and, and Jerry and Lisa and Samantha and, and that family, man, I could see you guys are connected. You love them too. You care about them. Hey, that's what it's about. That's when God is at work. Um, he uses several analogies here. Uh, in verse 3 he talks about a soldier. Man, you know, a soldier, he listens to the, his commander. He he has marching orders. And then in uh, verse 5, there is the example of an athlete. And You know, an athlete if he's going to compete and do his best, he has to train and he has to make sure he's got the right technique, and and uh, that it takes hard work in order to get that victor's crown. And then he talks about uh, in verse six. There's a picture of a farmer. Yeah, you, know, you think about a farmer, man. It's just hard work day after day. You got to prepare the soil, the crops. You know, there's a certain amount of work that uh, maintenance that has to be done. You know, pruning and uh, those different. Uh, areas that had to be done, you know, the, the fruit and the vegetables doesn't just pop up. There's a lot of work that has to happen. And you know, you see guys on his tractor, he's bouncing around, maybe spitting a little tobacco. Man, he's on it though. He's working. He's there day after day, so that crop can be put in a position to grow. It doesn't just happen. There's work. When was the last time you saw a bunch of cheerleaders out there saying, "Go farmer, go farmer"? You know. But he's hard at it, he's working. Hey, we're called to be together, working together for Jesus. One more here, uh, guys. Enduring whatever for the benefit of others. Uh, look at verse ten. He says, "Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation." That is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He says, Whatever comes, we're going to get through this thing together. You know, there is a difference, someone has said, between union and unity. Tie two cats together by their tails and throw them over a clothesline. You got union, you don't have unity. Unity happens as we connect. Look at verse seven through nine. Reflect on what I'm saying. For the Lord will give you insight into all this. He says, hey guys, let's 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 be on the same page together. <laughs> Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. It always comes back to that, guys. The thing that we agree upon, the thing that we aim toward, the thing that energizes us and and binds us together in love is Jesus Christ. He says, "Hey, remember that." And, and then he says, "My gospel, which I'm suffering, he talks about being chained. God's word is not chained. His His word must go out. His His, 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 his word must be shared, and." You know, I just be honest. We live in a culture that's becoming more and more opposed to um, biblical life. I'm not saying we have to be combative, but I think if we just stand for what we believe in, we're going to find ourselves with people that just don't like us. We're called to endure. Not to beat those people up, but to show them grace. To show them that we really love the Lord. To show them that we really love each other. To to show them that we're we're, we're connected and that there's something guiding us bigger than us. <laughs> and it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Hey Amen, we want to be like that. We, we want to be that type of church. Let me close with this example. This is from one of Chuck Swindoll's books called Dropping Your Guard. Um Chuck uh, talked about a guy, he said, he lived in Atlanta, and uh, he noticed in the Yellow Pages there was this restaurant called Church of God Grill. And so I'll just read what is in his book. He said, the peculiar name aroused my curiosity, and I dialed the number. A man answered with a cheery, Hello, Church of God Grill. I asked how his restaurant had been given such an unusual name and he told me, well, we had a little mission down here. We started selling chicken dinners after church on Sunday to help pay the bills. People liked the chicken. We did such a good business that eventually we cut back on the church service. After a while, we just closed down the church altogether and kept on serving the chicken dinners. We kept the name we started with and that's Church of God Grill. I like chicken. I like good food. But that's not why we want That's not why we want We want to meet the need a little deeper. A heart that needs to know there's forgiveness available. A heart that needs to know that beyond death there's hope. A heart that needs to know that there's a community of people that care about each other and you can be a part of that. And and you can find hope there because of the Master who gave us hope at one time. Amen. People are broken. People are hurt. People need to know that not what we're against, but who we're for. That we're for Jesus and and we're for them. We need to be a place that invites and welcomes broken people. Man, ministry's messy. When we start getting honest, it's like, oh, you did that? You thought that? Yeah. Guilty. (laughs) Let me tell you, when Jesus died on that cross and He said it is finished, they're faithful. Somehow we've got to communicate that, folks. When we become that, when it becomes more than a lesson and it becomes life, we become church. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, Distinctives of an awakened church where I want to be. And you probably, well, you know, probably. You need to do some maintenance work on top for that to happen. And, uh, Father, we give you, Father, an open heart. Speak to us, God. Uh, what do you want from us, Lord? Maybe it's to come to an altar to pray. Maybe it's to come before the people here and to share, Lord. This is what God's up to in me and you need to know. Maybe it's to say yes to Jesus Christ. And, Father, to enjoy a part of that reward on the same path. Father, we just want to give you our hearts for a few minutes and let you work. Lord, I know there's a lot of distractions out there calling for our attention, but Father, in Your mercy, could You please just help us, Lord? Just think about You. For Guide us. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen.